And for this to come out, it's just like, ooh, it just doesn't look good. The person you love telling the world about how he thinks about you for real, outside of like the social media stuff, like that's a lot. Bronx made, Bronx made, Bronx made, Bronx made, Bronx made. Hey, que lo que? Welcome to Bronx Girl at Heart presents Casa Confessions, where young bosses and creatives confess funny and harsh truths about their come up. I'm your host, Alani Santigua. Welcome to the sixth, the sixth episode of season two. I'm super excited to see you guys again. Today we'll be focused on a slew of pressing topics within pop culture, starting with rapper, songwriter, Partisan Fontaine, releasing a diss track against Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B on Larsa Pippen saying she would have sex with Scotty Pippen four times a night for the two decades that they were married, a woman strutting the runway at her deceased husband's funeral, and oh, it looks like the phone is ringing again. Hello? Oh yeah, come in. We have another guest, guys. Looks like someone's on their way. Hi! Hi! Hi, Jada. How are you? Hello. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'll let you introduce yourself. So do you, you like to go by Jada? Or... Oh, hi, guys. I'm the J-Wave, but people call me J, Jada, whichever. Okay, perfect. What do you prefer me call you? Jay's fine. Jay is fine. Okay, and you are a choreographer, dancer. Yes. You're all over social media. I like to see your amazing moves dancing in Times Square yes. <laughs> and all over all over our reels and TikTok videos. Yeah. So explain to the people what dancing means to you and where they can find you. Oh, I love that question. <laughs> um, dancing is literally what saved me at the worst point of my life, literally. It was the only thing that really made me happy. So yeah, like it's just something I used to communicate to express myself as I feel like a lot of other dancers do too. And now I've been able to make, um, use it as a source of income as well. So it's like, you know, my passion is also my job and I love it. That's amazing. What are your, so what are some projects that you're working on right now? Ooh, right now, actually. Or things that you want the viewers to go check out right after they watch this episode. So boom. I don't know when this episode's gonna drop. I don't know. We might form ready. It'll be in a, it'll actually be later, um, because we're recording mm. ahead of time, but it'll be in weeks. Okay, <laughs> cool. Weeks so the um the main thing I have coming up right now is I am one of the choreographers for DWP Academy USA. We'll get into that later. But um we are actually um featured in this showcase called Cyber Rights. And we're gonna perform. There's a, it's like a whole bunch of choreographers and dancers and dance crews. They come showcase their choreography. Agencies show up. Uh, it's just a lot. It's a great way to network and get to see other people. And there's so many different types of dancers. So you have Afro, you have dance hall, you have, um, they even had like contemporary crews one time and it was beautiful. Uh, it's such an amazing awesome. experience. So is a lot of the dances that you do focused on African dance moves in Caribbean? Yes. Um, I started, when I first started dancing, like professionally, when I was a young age, I was doing West African dance with this um, company called Batotietu. Mm -hmm. I actually just came back from Mexico with them. It was crazy. 
Yes. Mexico. It was like a, a family reunion. Um, and then I got into Afro dance in college. That is what I mean, like when it saved my life at that time in my life. That's I started taking classes and I never stopped. That's really awesome. Is there anything else about yourself that you'd like to share with everyone before we get into our messiness? Messy. Today? <laughs> oh, messy. Um, I'm also a student, y'all. I'm a student. I'm in school studying media communications with a minor in marketing. It's stressful. Yes, top it up for studying when yes. projected to graduate. And thank you for holding my Capri Sun LR. Maybe <laughs> just hold it for me. Thank you. Oh, yes, next oh, year. Not- not me saying the brand. We're going to delete that until they pay me. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Period. Yes. Standing so, on business. Yes. So when are you projected to graduate again? Next year, hopefully, because you know how school be. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. I'm wishing the best for you on that journey. Thank you. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay. Now we're ready to get into the messiness. Now that we know who Jay is, we're ready to get into it. Oh. A few reminders before we get into some trending topics that I mentioned earlier. Casa Confessions podcast is currently on all social media platforms. So find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We're on threads and we're literally everywhere at Casa Confessions podcast. And then you can follow me on Twitter at big underscore Lonnie, where we can keep the conversation going Please make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you consume this con wherever you consume this content, and also subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and follow on Facebook. We're everywhere. Like, please, you know, support guys. And um, with that being said, we will start with today's trending topics. So, rapper, songwriter, Partisan Fontaine, I hope I'm saying his name right, <laughs> released a diss track against or towards Megan Thee Stallion, our queen. And in the song, he says a lot of crazy things. He kind of blows up her spot a little bit. He says that she lied on Gail King. I don't know what he's talking about, lying about, whether it's the Tory Lane situation like in terms of getting shot or the fact that she said she wasn't in a relationship with Tory Lanez, but people think she was. Mm -hmm. So perhaps he was alluding to that. He also responds to the claims that Megan made on Cobra saying that she caught her former boyfriend cheating on her in the bedroom where she slept in. And he says that that's a lie in the song and that he didn't cheat on her in the bed where they laid And he also said that she got lipo, allegedly, and then started working out so that her, kind of making it seem that her recent, like her recent fitness journey was due to plastic surgery and not her own efforts. What do you think about this? That's really a lot. I know. I'll just share my thoughts on this. I think, first of all, he's a rapper and songwriter. Partisan Fontaine has been known. A lot of people say he's Cardi B's ghostwriter, um, mm-hmm. but he's just a writer. So he's been around for a very long time. And I think as a rapper and as an artist, you have the right to use your music as an outlet to express your thoughts. Um, I do think him saying that she lied on Gail King was that was like a low blow to say because now people those people that already question her legitimacy when it comes to whether she got shot or not 
that's mm. kind of like adding fuel to the fire on that. What do yeah. you think? I don't know. I just feel like that whole diss, because I actually heard it. Yeah. That's the one thing I did hear. Okay. Um, I want to hear your thoughts, but let's play it too. Okay. Let's get started and see. And right here. All time, I'm a clown in the circus. I tried to pull you up out the mud. Here you are trying to drown me on purpose. You know the devil was a serpent. Put some streams and views, cause I hope it was worth it. Same for Megan the Stallion. This is for Megan the God treated you like a bad me beef when is you know you was beautiful girl, but your soul is disgusting. You got everything, but you still ain't happy. That should be showing you some high detectives. Girl, you the feds. Not in your house, not in your bed. You lying to people, you sick in the head. Ooh. So now that we heard that, what are your <laughs> immediate reactions? Uh, I was just shocked. I'm just like, because, you know, with the media, like social media, and you see relationships, like, he was so in love with her on social media and all that stuff. And uh, after finding out about the cheating situation, like... I don't know. I don't know what to believe at that point. And it's just like for him to come out and have to say all this, ugh, it gives me a lot of question marks. And already the Tory Lanez and Megan situation was really weird and yeah. fishy. And even now, Tory is trying to find um, a way to prove his innocence. He actually, I saw like something on, on the news, like my app, mm. Apple News. And it was talking about how Tory was basically saying like the DA or one of the people, prosecutors, they were withholding evidence or something like that on purpose. Yeah. So that could have probably possibly helped him like win his case. So I was just like, oh. And yeah. for this to come out, it's just like, ooh, it just doesn't look good. Oof. The person you love telling the world about how he thinks about you for real outside of like the social media stuff, like that's a lot. Did this make you question Megan's legitimacy? Did you always question her legitimacy? Like, what in were your the thoughts? Case? Yeah, like, what were your thoughts in terms of Megan and her situation with Tory Lanez before hearing this, and how did it change after? Um, honestly, like, just seeing Megan and Tory when it first happened in COVID, I thought they was together. I'm sorry. You they were the way that they were with each other, I don't know. But that's just me assuming, though, like, just looking outside, looking in. But with the whole situation with the shooting, I didn't really question it, because- I remember watching her talk about the fact that she didn't even want to speak on it. She didn't even want to talk yeah. about it because, like, he's a black man and he shot her in her foot. Even at the hospital, she was trying to keep it low-key, but right. I don't know. So you feel like Megan was saying the truth about being shot? Yeah, but that? the questionable part was, like, her best friend. Right. Ooh, I hit this. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was the only thing. Like, she, she probably did get shot, yeah, but everybody was lit, so. Right. You know, Oof. it's a lot. Yes, it's Golly. a lot. When listening to the song, one of the things that just hit me, how he says, like, he calls her disgusting, like her soul is disgusting. That was a lot. <laughs> Having an ex tell me that my soul is disgusting would would hit me hard. I'm like, damn. Bro. I mean, you could come for a lot of things, but I think when a man comes for your soul, that's a lot. That's a lot. That What? Right. Like, just call me a whore. Don't say my soul is disgusting. <laughs> Not whore. Just call me a just, whore. Just somebody you once, like, the fact that, like, somebody you once were with, you loved, you were showing so much affection mm -hmm. to, like, this, this is your person at one point mm -hmm. and like for it to switch like that is mm -hmm. crazy 
That's well, hurtful. What about Megan saying that partisan her ex cheated on her? Well, people were people took the ly- the lyrics from the song Cobra that Megan recently released and mm-hmm. they believe that she's talking about partisan saying saying that partisan cheated on her. Uh I don't I was I didn't really see that on social media. I yeah. I, don't, I don't even follow the shit right now. <laughs> I had to block it cuz it's too much. It's too much. But um I know it was something with Jada Kingdom or something like that. And then the fans, that's what I'm saying. Cobra was a song that Megan released really as a way for her to, from her mouth, like as a way for her to shed her skin. And Mm -hmm. she's kind of putting everything out there. Mm -hmm. So she said a lot, but she never mentioned Party's name. Mm -hmm. However, you know, that was her last relationship. So people are assuming that she's talking about the fact that she caught him cheating. And now Partisan has been publicly... Showing himself off with Jada Kingdom, which is like a dance hall artist, I believe. So a lot of people think that it may have had something to do with her. Jada has spoken out and said that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. That she was not the girl um, that Megan was talking about in that situation. But you think he cheated? Just just from the little bit that you do know, do you think that's something that he would do? And then in her bed? No, you don't. I I just I don't know. It was just the way that he loved her. Me personally, just assuming. And he seems outside like, looking. He seems like, like I think uh, he even said it in a song. He has that song that's like black girls, black girls, right? <laughs> wait, song. I don't even remember what. <laughs> he just seems like a feminist. Yeah, is like what I'm I just to say. feel like what? he has the word feminist tattooed on him. Oh wow! Yes, he just seems like a pro a woman, woman lover, and, like pro black oh, yes. man specifically. That's so, insane. I don't know. That I just, doesn't mean that you know, men that are like that can't fall yeah, short. Exactly. You can't put it past anybody. But I just, just me looking at it, I, I wouldn't even believe that. I just, that was shocking to me just hearing it. Like, I was like, wait, he what? Yeah. Ah. Ultimately, I think it's a low blow coming for her legitimacy oh. when it comes to like a really serious case. That was a lot. A shooting. But... You know, partisan, you're a rapper. You have the right to share your side of the story because Megan shared hers. So we're all yeah. good with that. Moving on, Cardi B, she responded to Larsa Pippen claiming that she would have sex with Scotty Pippen four times a de- four times a night during their two decade long marriage. Wait, so <laughs> I can play that Wait clip. A minute. Also, that is a lot. Like. I think it was it was four times. She said four times a night during their two decade long marriage. So I'll play Cardi B's response to Larsa Pippen's claim. Wait, hold on. <laughs> So we'll end it there. <laughs> yeah, so Cardi basically said that if you're having sex that many times a night that either your man is on drugs or he's trying to convince himself that he likes women so Damn. he's gay or you have issues and your vagina is too loose. <laughs> 
I'll be damned. Before I share my thoughts, what do you think about that? <laughs> Four times a night isn't... I'm sorry. Four times a night is a lot. That is a lot. I mean... For two decades. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what type of stamina? Right. And she's... That's she's, not... That don't hurt. And we're much younger than her. Yeah. <laughs> for her age. No, like, really. But we oh. just saying, like, I'm 24 and I can't even do that. So, right. No, no. Let me stop. <laughs> but, like, that's just... I don't know. <laughs> Why Cardi B came for her though? <laughs> Let my you know that's their dynamic. Because I think sometimes when people are married, mm-hmm. and let's say offset, I don't think this is Cardi and offset situation, but let's say now you got your man looking at you like you see she could do four times a night. Why don't you do four times? Oh a hell night? no! Don't look at that baby. You're not you're not married to her. Like no. it's like you know men always want mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Men always want more. So then when you hear mm-hmm. women come out saying like, oh, yeah, I have sex four to five times a night, they get ideas and they think this is mm-hmm. possible. They're like, oh, she could do it. Why can't Sometimes the it? men be the ones done after the second right. time. Right. I don't think every man can yeah. do four or five times a night. Yeah. Like, what does this make you think about Scottie Pippen that he's able to do four or five times a night for so long? I don't know. That scared me. <laughs> Like, oh. do you feel like that's some type of sex addiction? I, I believe I don't there, think it's, but, but like, it's is it every night? It's not once a week. Like y'all done for the week. What about during your menstruation? Oh my no, she's Hell probably. No. I hope she's not including that. Cause she said a night, no restrictions. And she was pregnant multiple times. So when you pregnant, even in the eighth month, when you about to, when you're Mm-mm. on your deathbed, that is very much giving like addicts. Or... Yeah, that's 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 crazy. But it's a bit weird. <laughs> to her defense, to give another side to it, like Scottie Pippen, he's a top basketball player. You know, mm-hmm. they have groupies and everything like mm-hmm. that. And if it wasn't with his, some of these men are, do want sex that much. And that's why when they go on tour or when they're going around the country playing these games, you know, they pick up a girl, they might pick up one, two girls a night, mm-hmm. have sex four or five times a night. And maybe to Larsa's defense, she's like, I'll do it. I'm your wife. I'll do it. You know, you don't have to cheat on me. You shouldn't feel like that in a relationship, though, that you have to compromise your vagina. To, you know? She, maybe she wanted it. Maybe she did. You know? Like, again, like, that's probably their dynamic. Maybe she loves that. Like, that's her. She probably is the one asked for it. You never know. Four or five times a night is crazy. But I just feel like, I don't know, that whole, I'll do it so he doesn't cheat on me. No. You better leave, Buki. If that's what you, if you don't have that trust, mm. don't you feel like if it's good enough, you'll need like a day or two in between to like reflect. That's uh, I'm saying to like think about it and to heal. Yes, healing. <laughs> healing. Like oh my days. A little refresh. Don't you want to miss it a little bit? Yeah, like give it time. To let the sexual tension build. <laughs> you know, there was no tension. It was oh just, my gosh, it was going at it. I don't know. I maybe this is TMI for y'all, but. Like, even just me, like, after, like, I, I'm not going to want it the next day. I, I kind of want a little break. Like, let me, you know. That's what I was thinking. Rela Harte. You need a, <laughs> you need a refresh. You need mm-hmm. a break. You need to think about it. You need yeah, to want it. Again, like, you're not even giving yourself time to want I it. I have to miss you, boo. Like, I need time. Listen, but mm-hmm. she, she maintained that marriage for two decades. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe we have to take note. Are they still together? I don't know anything no, about that. No, she them. moved on to Michael Jordan's son. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay. On to more local news in the tri-state area. A woman struts the runway at her deceased husband's funeral. So New Jersey model Erica L. Carrington 
turned a funeral into a catwalk um, when she walked towards the casket in a runway catwalk style fashion um, to her deceased husband, who oh. was fashion designer Vernus Moore. Okay, so and she was the model, he was the fashion designer? Yeah, it was an open casket viewing on November 10th. And this video was going around where she was just strutting. She was just strutting. I need to see man. this. Yes, I what? Could, I could show you the video. Because she was serving. And I was so confused because obviously it was posted like without context. And I was like, what is going on here? But then I read into the situation and that was her way of honoring her man. But yes, mm. let's look at the video. Oh, you better walk. Well, that is honestly beautiful. If 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 you and then, and she blows a kiss. Yes, listen. <laughs> I've seen listen, I've seen videos where it was actually disrespectful. Like they wore the biggest like gown or something to like send off their husband in like a hateful way, like like in like, I hated you, but this... Like, I couldn't wait for you to die. Well, this one has a beautiful undertone to it. Like, he was a fashion designer, that's a model. Like, that is literally right in their niche. And it's it's so, like, you know? I don't know if she's wearing him, though. That would be fire. <laughs> yeah, if she was wearing his design, his that would design. be cool. But, um, wow. That's so you so think good. it's a compliment? She wanted to honor him? Yeah. And it seems like something he would have wanted yeah. if he was a fashion designer. Yeah. Okay. But when I was watching it and I didn't know the context, I thought this was just uh, part of this trend that I've seen growing where people use a funeral as like a Met Gala for themselves. Oh, no. <laughs> I have not seen that. that. What? Yes. There's been this trend lately where like celebrities, I think Young Miami caught fire like earlier this year because she... She was just posing at a funeral, strutting. I think people mm-hmm. are getting more and more vain, you know, in the area, in the age of social media. Yeah. So people use funerals, all opportunities. A funeral strut. is actually insane. But this, <laughs> the context of this makes sense. But like, if you yeah. just, come on, what yeah. you doing? I do think culturally, it depends on the family, the way mm-hmm. people approach these type of ceremonies. Because yeah. sometimes it's not a funeral. I know there's a homegoing celebration. And things like that where people, it's more so like a celebration of life. Yeah. I've had, I've been to that, but it's. I've never been to anything like that. Homegoing is like, um, it's, uh, it might be the day before or the day of the funeral. Okay. Um, but so do you feel like this is something more in line with we that, were, like celebrating life? It was not giving like crazy fashion show though. <laughs> it was, it was just like a celebration. We had all the person's favorite foods. We had played yeah. their music. We wore their favorite color maybe, but fashion show. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Like it, it wasn't like really an excuse for us. It was really like a celebration of that person. Yeah. It was like about us, you know. Yeah, but like, let's say you're a dancer. Mm-hmm. So when your time comes, hopefully it's not soon. It, you know, it comes for everybody. Would you want people doing like TikTok dances in front of your casket? Oh, I don't even want to speak on it. I don't want to speak <laughs> that into talk. existence. Let's, oh, not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. But a lot of people like talking about this stuff. Yeah, I've heard yeah. people say like, I want you guys to wear like. You know, if you, you know, live before me or whatever, like, people say, like, they want them to wear a specific color, like, but I feel like your family should know what you about, and they're going to know how to celebrate your life, Yeah, you know, based on how you lived it. 
I agree. People are entitled to honor their loved ones in the way that. Yeah, like you know your loved one the best. You're going to know what they want once, you know? I agree. Okay, next, Yusuf Salam. He was a part of the Exonerated Five, and Mm. he recently um, earned a New York City council council seat in the recent election. So we're going to clap it up for that. That is beautiful. God bless him. Really beautiful. To give context on that, Mr. Salam was one of the Exonerated Five, also known as the Central Park Five, who... They were a group of young teenage men that were wrongfully convicted of rape of an assault, rape and assault of a jogger in Central Park in 1989. And there's actually like a Netflix biopic about it. I, I think it's called When They See When us. They See Us. Yeah, When They See Us. So if you guys don't know about Yusuf Salam's story, that's definitely a good place to start. And I'm just really happy personally. I think this is a full circle moment. I think it's really inspiring to people mm-hmm. in New York that have dealt with, I guess, with the prison system and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see someone being able to turn their life around. And some a few things that I have here about Yusuf Salam's politics is that he is a pris- prison abolitionist. Mm-hmm. So he believes that You know, prisons should eventually, maybe we should seek other forms of justice. I'll just put it that way. And it's really cool to see that someone with those beliefs is representing New York City in the council. And he's representing Harlem specifically, which is the district that he grew up in and the one that he was arrested with in, in the Central Park case sheesh that is beautiful because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times men who are wrongfully accused and they go to jail and they come out not all of them have the are are lucky enough to like have their records erased and so they have to live their lives even though they didn't commit the crime with and have problems like getting jobs Mm -hmm. finding apartments things like that even some who like were wrongfully accused of rape um and released um, now they have to register as a sex offender, uh, and and like you know, a lot of times people don't want that in their neighborhood. I think I read a story on that too. Like people in the neighborhood kind of were like um, fighting back against the person moving in or something. Like I had to find it. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, people have issues with even being associated or in the next block as someone that committed a crime Mm -hmm. a long time ago. And a lot of times, as we know, the justice system isn't always correct. So sometimes people are registered or they have it in their track record that they committed a crime, but maybe they were wrongfully convicted or wrongfully Mm. accused, like the case. And back then, there was a lot of colored people, people of my race that that were, you know, wrongfully accused yeah for the people that don't know about the central park five like all of these young men were definitely of color it was black and a puerto rican man Mm. that was in there and it was just they were wrongfully accused they were profiled and yusuf since then has made a career of going around he's been to different colleges i actually got the chance to see him speak in my college and he shares his views on the prison system and what went wrong in his situation and his mm-hmm. hopes for the future of New York and the prison system yeah. in general. So I'm very happy to see that he's walking in his truth and on this journey and hopefully he can make some real change. Yeah. 
especially advocating for the abolishment of prisons because let me tell y'all yes. I, I, I was taking a class on like your social movements mm-hmm. and they talked about like uh we read um freedom is a constant struggle mm-hmm. and angela davis was basically talking about this um security um uh security company called g4 or mm-hmm. g4s something like that and like they basically are private security and they have private prisons and like it's like people are getting paid from having people um in jail and it's it's insane to me right like you can you can invest in something like that you know right. and i think people get scared when they hear the term prison abolition mm-hmm. like it's a lot, it's not no justice from yeah. what yeah. i've learned it's just finding ways to take out of the money that we're putting into prison mm-hmm. which is essentially just like a holding hell for people and using that as a way to like reinvest into the community so people don't have to end up in prison it's scary it's so sad too yeah but i like i'm not saying like you know people who commit like murders and all that stuff like that you know but it's like we need a more refined prison system where yeah and a lot of the people that fight for prison uh prison abolition still believe in justice and still believe in some form of punishment some people need punishment but people also need rehabilitation and people need resources people need jobs so it's Mm -hmm. about looking at the full picture um and it's really interesting that yusuf salam is the one in this position because even in the movie if you guys see when they see us in netflix he was always like in the movie he seemed to be the one with like I don't know how to explain it like the one on the most straight and narrow path mm-hmm. and his mom knew all the laws his mom knew mm-hmm. all their rights and stuff and he still ended up in jail and in a really bad situation wow. so it just goes to show that it can happen to anyone, anyone. and um, a lot of people would end up traumatized and just hiding away um, but it's really cool how he's able to process his trauma and just like fight back in a in a healthy way in a positive progressive yeah. way okay moving on there is a preacher <laughs> oh. that was uh, he was reposted by mark lamont hill on his instagram there's a video of a preacher comparing jesus to a stripper so <laughs> i don't know where you fall when it comes to religion but i would love to hear your reactions on this preacher's sermon. Oh, y'all. To prove to you who the first person was that made it rain. But scripture said that manna came from heaven. And it was bread to them. We don't make it rain on booty cheeks. We don't make it rain on strippers. We only reverence one stripper. Wait. And that's the one that took off glory to put on humanity and then get butt naked on a cross. Oh, what? Died for both you and me. The only stripper I'm in love with is Jesus. Okay. Cut the camera. <laughs> what the- and he's the one that puts that bread in my pocket. That bread in my pocket. I got bread in my pocket. I got bread. <laughs> Listen, praise 
the Lord. Did you feel that one? Did he? I don't feel that. I feel like I need to go pray. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I feel. I mean, I'm a Christian woman. I'm I'm like a baby Christian, if you know what that is. You know, I'm just starting on my journey, and I'm just like still um, getting used to reading the Bible. But um, <clears throat> that. <laughs> that you know it's just i don't know i feel like social media and all this these bigger churches that are coming out all these new preachers that are coming about and i don't know i've just been seeing a lot of these analogies take it's just a real negative turn it's really confusing a very interesting turn i didn't see the correlation <laughs> to the stripper and making it rain on jesus because what do you get what he was trying to say i i i, really I feel like oh man i i can't even <laughs> I was really trying to understand. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to say, like, you know, stop bowing down to just these worldly views of things. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, he's probably like trying he to. Said, booty cheeks, he threw me all the way out. Like, I, I, was- <laughs> I think he was referring to the fact, like, you know, like, worldly, like, when you're. Ah, oh, I can't even talk. I'm so sorry. Not conforming to worldly things and, like, really placing that energy into you know, God and Jesus, you know, like there's a, there's a scripture, Romans 12 too, like do not conform to that things of the world. And I don't know how to say it fully. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't cry me. And, um, yes. conform to the renewing of your mind. Like don't be focused on your flesh. Don't be focused on this money. Don't be focused on that. I think he's saying that, but the way he said it was so wrong. Ah, but then there were- booty cheese, butt naked. I, why are you saying that in church? Even calling Jesus a stripper is the only wrong. stripper. I just think it's, uh, it's he just took it a little too far. I don't know. But I get where he was going though, but baby, I, you lost me a little bit. But for me, it was he was like he he's a stripper because he stripped naked and got on the cross. But from my knowledge, wasn't he, he stripped naked? Yeah, and he didn't do he, that himself. Did he take his yeah. own clothes off? Uh, I think they stripped him. <laughs> I don't know. Can someone check me in the comments? Know. But I was very confused. I by just that. feel like the analogies lately been getting out of hand. When Mike Todd spit on his brother's face, ah, it. Th- Wait, what happened with Mike? Mike Todd when he spit in his hand and like rubbed it on his brother to describe something? He was describing something with Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He put a loogie right on there, and that's what I mean. Like, there's another one where, like, they're just taking it really far, and I don't know if it's for social media or for more views, but I just feel like if you want to preach. Preach from the Bible. Like, yeah. if you have a revelation, like, just just tell it. Tell us what it is. Like, we understand, you know, but I feel like certain analogies, they're just really going far, you know. And they're different. Related to real life. Like, <laughs> strippers, like, not every... What? In their defense, could it be, like, you mm. know, because now there's, like, drill. There's drill Christian rap. Mm-hmm. Ah, all types of things. I was just like, seeing something about that. I heard a song that, that said, like, my Bible blicky. Like okay, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> no. I went through like Christian drill TikTok. It was crazy. Yeah. I was intrigued. So I, there are so many thoughts on this. So I actually have like a Christian music playlist, but it's wow. like pop. It's like I have Hovey. Yo, I have I have Lecrae. I don't know if I'm saying y'all names right, but I love y'all. I have Alex Jean. Lecrae is good. Yeah, and um, but I love them because like they're staying true to their music and. But the drill rapping, let me tell you something. I was reading a comment on this drill rapper. She's a female. She's she's fire. She can rap. And she literally says, she's like, um, how you going to find me if I don't even walk by sight? They can't oh, see I me. Saw that. 
that one. But in the comments, in the comments, somebody made a really valid point, but I didn't really get it. It was like secular music isn't about like the lyrics only. It's also about the frequency of the beat. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't even realize that like the frequency of the beat gets like I guess sinful or something like Some that. Some people say that, yeah, like especially mm-hmm. with drill music, they're like the beat is kind of. I dark think and drill violent. in yes, it really it's literally meant drill music. The intention in drill music, it's it's violent, not right? it's literally violence. It's straight killing, drilling. It's I mean they're talking about their stories, yes, this is their way, but man, it was never used in a positive light to talk about life and how you get through it now. Yeah. No, but I just feel like. I mean, some of them do actually, but mm-hmm. I just feel like Christian music shouldn't be connected to a genre mm-hmm. or, you know, that beat. Like, it's if you bump it, that's that's on you. That's cool, but I don't think Christian music could be connected to it, or at least I just think it takes it a little too far. Okay, yeah. yeah, but I guess it. Ah, let me play devil's advocate real quick. But it works for like people who are creators. Cause I got to think about that too. Like you make drill music and you wanted to change your life now. You're yeah. you're using it in a positive way. A lot of times that's the yeah. situation. Even that girl yeah. that you're talking about, I wouldn't yeah. her name. The, ah, she I just was, saw her too. I She's just, amazing. I just saw her. But yeah, like with drill rappers and mm-hmm. a lot of times just Christian rappers in mm-hmm. general, usually they were rapping anyways. And then they found God yeah. and then they were saved. So then they just changed the content. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just, it's like a, if that, the drill part is just iffy to me. I don't know. Yeah. But I love that, you know, they found that outlet. But oh, the sound, it just doesn't feel like I'm praising God, you know? Yeah. Well, going back to the preacher's sermon about Jesus being a stripper that Mark Lamont Hill reposted on his Instagram, I the reason I got into like that, that drill music and Christian drill is because I think it's just part of like modern society. Preachers are trying to find a way to adapt. Mm -hmm. And now marketing and social media, a lot of it is driven by clickbait and by we live in like a, it's like a, like a headline based society. So seven seconds. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) the preachers are thinking, you know, I got to say something shocking. It's marketing to get their attention. Mm. And maybe someone who is in the strip club all the time will hear this and be like, I need to go to that church. That church seems lit. No. And then maybe they'll get saved. You know, that's how, probably how he's thinking. I really like, if you believe in God, then you know what God can do for you. If God has put the conviction in your heart to preach, he is going to bring people to you to preach too. So, so I feel like. have to do all these no, antics. God will do people. it for you. If you believe that, you, then you know. Like, people are going to come. Like, not every church is meant for you. Like, like, one thing about it, if you're a Christian, you know not every church you can go to, not every church is going to speak to you. You have to find your own. But that clickbait stuff is like, I don't know. It's kind of deceiving. Like, it might might help. It might bring people to you. Maybe people can relate to that strip stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But also, it might drive people away because it's like, this doesn't seem like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Am yeah. I making sense? I agree. I think trying to be too modern yeah. deludes the effectiveness of religion, in my opinion. I do feel like people don't want their religion to be too modern at the end of the day. I don't think people want mm-hmm. religion to be too modern, really, if you think about it. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing of religion, I feel like people want it to be almost like better than them. Almost like... What do you mean? I don't know how to explain it. Like, when you go to church, I think you still want to stick to a little bit of tradition. Mm -hmm. 
you don't want to feel like the preacher's too much of of your homie. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's still a part of church in general and religion that's kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a good comparison, like a Santa Claus effect. Like, yeah. you still want to feel... You want to feel like there's some kind of authority there. Like, there's some people you can look up to, I guess. Yes, you want to feel like it's something that you can reach toward. Mm-hmm. Something to reach sure, for. Yeah. You don't want to feel like they're on the block with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you could drink with your preacher. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be at the strip club with your preacher. Maybe some people might. But I don't think everyone does. So I'm a part, I mean, ah, I get it. But it's just like modernizing doesn't necessarily mean you have to like bring it. I'm not going to say bring it down. I'm trying to find the words, guys. This is it's, this makes me nervous. <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like you don't have to take it too far. Modernizing could just be like, for example, the preachers dressing like themselves. That's yeah. modern to me. Like you being your complete and whole self. I love that. You know, I don't, I don't, you don't always have to see a preacher in a suit. He's a person just like you, just like Jesus was a person, just mm-hmm. like us, you know, but still being true to the word of the Bible. Like the Bible technically is modern. It can, as long as life is going to be, somebody in 2052 is going to relate to something going on. There's going to be things happening in the world that happened in the Bible already, you know? Yeah. But I was just researching the church because I think I saw the, I believe it's one of the, sections of the lutheran church i think it's like the it might be the elca or one of them but basically there was like a a sparkle prayer that that i saw (laughs) and essentially let me see if i find it hold up but it was the yeah so elca congregation confesses the sparkle creed and this is essentially like a prayer that was modernized and i i can play you the sparkle creed and this is an example